All your emotions just get to your head and you go crazy. <laughs> this was a total team effort and that the bottom of that sixth inning, when we put those insurance runs on, that was what we worked on all year, in games, in practices, on that not giving up, and this was a team that did not give up today. Hello everybody and welcome once again to Inside the Circle, your weekly dose of high school softball in Connecticut. I am your host Sean Patrick Bowley and with me as always is the head high school beat writer for softball for Game Time CT, Ryan Lacey. Ryan, how you doing? Uh, not bad on this Memorial Day that we're recording. How are you? Yeah. Sean? How are you handling in, handling in there? Let's get this show on the road. Uh, it's, it was a great, uh, great week of softball uh, as we have our conference championships uh, decided some interesting results some surprising results and then we go straight into the uh, the softball state uh, championship uh, state state tournaments and we'll have to see where where, where we end up there but uh, so when you're looking back at the top of, of the show we, we heard from Oxford winning the uh, winning the NVL championship and uh, absolutely dominating pretty much Seymour until the Seymour made a little run. They weren't going to go down quietly, but Oxford uh, comes back to win that uh, NVL final. And you also heard from uh, NFA who uh, they won their ECC championship, uh, beating Griswold after losing last year in a heartbreaker. They come back and they win the title this year. And you heard uh, our guest uh, last week, uh, Brian Burdick from NFA, just absolutely uh, thrilled and Bailey Como. Uh, who was thrilled as well. So, uh, yeah. So, and then uh, in the SEC, you had uh, Cheshire, as I predicted, <laughs> coming all the way back. Uh, they, they rallied to beat North Haven uh, in, in the final there. And then they all, the, the previous game, they rallied to beat Amity and, and they looked dead twice. And yet uh, they just came back in both games. So, an absolute thrill there. And then, of course, St. Joseph. Doing it again to Trumbull, getting the one run, and then turning it over to Paige Doran to uh, shut the door down. And uh, they go in the Class L tournament with a uh, 35-game win streak. And then we're on the other side of the bracket, you're going to be looking at SWC champion uh, Mask, which played a really strange game, interesting game. Although they did win dominantly, there was a real some confusing, confusing stuff going on over at DeLuca Field uh, on a home run. And I don't quite still quite know what happened. Well, for that, it was the second time this year that uh, center fielder Meg McFarland crashed through the outfield <laughs> trying to make a catch. You know, they said, I guess it resulted in three runs. The batter was out. I, I don't quite know for sure, but obviously, like you just said, Massick won going away anyway, so thank goodness it didn't really Yeah, matter. it didn't really matter that much. It sounded like it sounded like the, uh, the, the first call was she was out, but then the, sec, the, the call, then they reversed it, and what happened was the girl – who hit the home run, ran past the one who would run back to first base to tag up, thinking that she'd made the catch. Right. Uh, I, and just chaos ensued. But like, but it didn't matter because it was 11-3 final and, uh, and, and Massey doing what we, we expected them to do by winning the SWC. So what did you take out of the conference championship week, Ryan? Well, besides the Massey, 
game we just touched on there, the rest of them just lived up to the hype. It was remarkable. Each game had the one moment where it could have went either way. You said, you know, Oxford pulled away in the eighth inning, but against Seymour in the NBL final, but Seymour had the winning run inches, you know, from from that home base, you know, yeah. the runner was thrown out at home when it was tied in the seventh. Great throw, yeah, too. That. I mean, you got to slide in that spot. You can't just try and go in. You got to slide, but it was an easy tag because it was just the, 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 the throw was on target and she just, she just hit, she just knocked it. She just tagged her out. That was it. No slide. If you got to make her make a play, that was uh, unfortunate for, for Seymour and uh, Oxford just poured it on, uh, and then there was no comeback the second time. So a great, great uh, performance by Oxford. Yeah. And th- they got a bit of a little bit of luck and in, in in not seeing Holy Cross in the semi. They got Watertown, which knocked off Holy Cross. Right. Uh, then they go on to beat Seymour in the final. The, the, the game I thought was going to be the, the, the final, whoever won that game was going to be the champion. It ended up uh, Seymour uh, hanging out with just some great defensive plays in that, that semifinal against St. Paul, which was, I was really impressed with. Yeah, you were Paul. there for that one, right? Yeah, I was actually at that game. I was actually at the other SEC semifinal as well. But the the, the NBL semifinal between St. Paul and Seymour I thought was great. St. Paul's got some players. Yep. Um, you know, they're uh, player of the year. Abby Perot is great. And then they have this freshman, uh, Hampton who is she hit a home run to lead off the game and then she had another double and then it, she's tremendous they're uh they're they're freshmen so uh that's going to be a really interesting team to watch but oxford is your nvl champions first time since 2015 so congrats to them cheshire you know when you look at cheshire it's just that they just know how to win they just know how to rally yeah you just said they were dead in the water probably five times over the course of those two games the semifinal and the final but what a resilient bunch. They've had, you know, close comebacks the entire season. Obviously, they dropped a couple games, which appeared to have made them stronger. They obviously played, you know, one of the top two or three schedules in the whole state. And maybe that those that experience paid off right when it mattered the most. And, you, you know, third time in four years winning a conference tournament as tough as the SEC is very impressive. Yeah, and both times it was the top of the order coming through for yeah. them in the uh, bottom of the seventh of those rallies, uh, you know, and in both times you, you saw Mia Jediditis do something. You saw um, Jade Barnes do something. She swore the winning run. I mean, the Amity had taken a 3-1 lead into that uh, semifinal, and they scored on a wild pitch, which is really unfortunate because if you, we put a video up on Twitter. If you see it, uh, the, it was a wild pitch um, thrown by the pitcher, and then the umpire tried to get out of the way, but the ball kept dancing. Finally, he kicked it. <laughs> He kicked it over to the dugout and allowed the run to score. Amity goes up three to one, but they it just I think both coaches even afterwards said that nerves really kind of played a part uh, in, in Amity kind of losing that lead. And it might have happened in North Haven. You know, you're about to win a second straight title. Top dealer comes around again, and then you have Mia Jediditis, you know, and, and uh, Jade Barnes and, and the whole crew. If, if you're going to have a lead against Cheshire, make sure somehow, <laughs> make sure the top of your is coming up because right. you're in big trouble if they do. Um, so that was that was great. And then good for uh, the ECC uh, with NFA. And in the Shoreline Conference, you know, just when you thought it was going to be somebody other teams to win, North Brantford does it all over again. They win, a, what, it was a fifth straight championship in the Shoreline and uh, we're going to talk to Nick Delizio, the head coach of uh, North Brantford, uh, a little bit uh, later on the podcast about about winning a fifth straight. I mean, a little sounding like with a little bit of turmoil over there, and hopefully uh, Nick can clear it all up for us. We'll, we'll see what uh, he has to say. But uh, 
but you know, now you go into the state tournaments. Now we we have the top ten poll is out for the week, and it's pretty much the same. Yeah, NFA jumps back in, and I think uh, Oxford jumps in there at number ten. But pretty much the the table is set. Like we said before, no top heavy in the double L, but there's a lot of ranked teams sitting in there. And then you have an L. It's going to be the showdown between Massick and. Uh, St. Joseph, and unless North, North Haven wants to knock Massac off in that other side of the bracket, I think that's kind of like what we're looking at at Class L. Um, yeah, so like you said, you know, a lot, a lot of the similar from last week, except for the two conference championship champions moving in there. And Oxford and NFA were the only teams that really didn't repeat. You know, St. Joe's, Massac, you know, North Haven didn't. But, you know, a lot of these teams won conference championships, you know, for the second straight year, which, you know, you don't know how that's going to, you know, matter down the road or anything. But, you you just mentioned North Brantford winning five in a row. That's pretty crazy. I can't I can't get over that. You know, because last year they graduated so many of their players. They went twelve and eight during the regular season. You think they're done, and then they win their quarterfinal game by one run, their semifinal game by one run, and then they knock off the top seed Valley Regional. I don't know. I just thought that was really impressive. Like I said, you know, with whatever's going on, and they had to you know change pitching and all the other crazy stuff to sort of sort of that's a different kind of resiliency than sort of Cheshire seasoned resiliency, so yeah. to speak. But you know, M is going to be insane. Class Double L is going to be insane, like like you said. So as we did a little bit last week, we kind of touched on it. But now that the brackets are out, we can take a look at the uh, the state tournaments. Uh, let's start at Class S here. I mean, uh, what do we got? So your, your top seed is Parish Hill. They get a bye after playing the CRAL, um, which... <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's uh, that's kind of tough. We, we just discussed before. Who do you like coming out of this bracket? Oh man, this is a tough one. I Coventry made the semifinals last year, and you know appear to be one of the stronger teams in the conf, in the in the class. You know they, I think they were the top seed in their conference, the NCCC, but they lost in that tournament. Granby won the NCCC again. Mm-hmm. Another team that had a really not great regular season, but got hot. They won two games in one day up at Trinity College to win oh, yeah. that tournament. So. You know, you kind of like Coventry. They lost the Holy Cross, you know, in the semifinals last year. Coggenchog's always tough. You know, that that could be a potential rematch in the quarterfinals. Coventry and Coggenchog, they met there last year, actually, and Coventry beat them. You know, you can't count out the Holy Cross of the world, you know, because it's always this public-private thing I always find in Class S in many of the sports. Mm-hmm. You look at the St. You know, Paul and Holy Cross, strong teams versus those smaller town public schools like Hog and Chog and Coventry. I think it always comes down to that type of thing. Is that, you know, is that something that you observe too? Or? Get them all out of Class S, please. Somehow, <laughs> somehow across the board. Oh, every okay, sport. so that's how you feel about that. Story. That's how I feel about it. I, I feel like none of them belong in Class S ever. I don't care if they have... You know, a, 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 a team, a school of uh, nine kids, and they're all on the softball team. Um, it, they can draw from anywhere, and it's so much different than Cog and Chog. Right. You know, you can or you can say whatever you want. I don't think the schools of choice, any schools of choice that are like purely school, schools of choice, should be anywhere near a Class S tournament anywhere ever. Well, you might get your wish at least half of the bracket because St. Paul and Holy Cross are on the same side of the, you know, they're on the bottom half of the bracket and they're set to meet in the quarterfinals. So that would, you know, the top half seems like you'll get a small school. You know, Stafford won the whole thing last year. They're the 13th seed this year. You got, you know, Wamogo out of the Berkshire League, you know, up, you know, as a five seed. Chapag as well as a 12 seed. And, you know, one of those teams has a great chance because, you know, like you said, the Parish Hill side of the bracket is obviously wide open for the taking. So, you know, 
will a Berkshire League team finally go far in one of these tournaments? You know, that we can look at that in Class M also. But, you know, Stafford won this last year. So maybe one of those teams, you know, they, that's an easy chance to a final, let alone a semifinal, right? It, to me, it seems kind of like a really, like you said, I don't want to say weak. Well, I'll, I'll say it. it's a weak, it's a weak top half of the bracket. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to get a champion coming out of the uh, the lower half of the bracket. That's stacked. Uh, yeah, you can hail Ray at 11. You know they have one of the best players in the state, so that's a tough second round matchup for St. Paul. So for St. Paul to to go to the final, they'll they'll have to be a lot of good teams in a row at least. Yeah, at least I think you, yeah, and I think that's 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 what you at least hope for a little bit. Do you have a Final Four coming out of Class S? What do you got? Um, I guess no, I did not have this prepared, but um, I guess uh, I think Wamogo and. Uh, maybe Somers. Look at you know. Look how tough that top that first group of eight teams is. Just who knows, right? <laughs> whole, like to to say that one of those teams is going to be a state semifinalist is pretty crazy. But at least in the bottom half, I actually like St. Paul to go pretty far. They they've had a really they haven't had an easy schedule for a small school team, and they've they're pretty battle tested. So I think mm-hmm. you know them in Coventry probably is the de facto final in the semifinals. I hesitate to pick against Cog and Chalk against Coventry in that quarterfinal, even regardless of what happened last year. But maybe Coventry's pretty hungry after not winning their conference tournament. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. You know, uh, as far as me, I, I absolutely love St. Paul coming out of that bracket. They've got some really great hitters. I mean, you know, Abby Poro is, is can she, she can pitch and she can also hit. And then Ava Hampton is the freshman phenom. I mean, you know, she's got she can she gives the ball a ride every time she's up there. You, if you make one mistake, man, she's gonna send it over the fence. She's <laughs> she's a really good player, and they got several other ones. Uh, uh, what's her name? Jessica Parashino. Yeah, Parashino is tremendous. Yep. Like they 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 get they just Seymour just made some great defensive plays. That's why St. Paul is not NBL champions right now. Right, in my, right. My opinion. Yeah. So, so they, I, I mean, as you know, kind of danced around a little bit, but they probably are the favorites to win this tournament at yeah. this point. Do you think? I think that there are. I don't want to say prohibitive, but I think they're a pretty strong favorite here. Um, I, I, I'm going to say them and Cog and Chug. Cog and Chug is always battled. They're always in this spot. I mean, yeah. Coventry, Cog and Chug, who knows? Um, uh, but I, whoever, I think I'm going to go with Cog and Chug versus St. Paul in that uh, one semifinal. And then the other semifinal, flip a coin. I mean, <laughs> Uh, let's just take a quick look at it. Let's say, I don't want to say Womogo and Windsor Locks. What the heck, right? Windsor Locks, I mean, maybe Summers comes out of there. I don't really know much about him, but uh, Stafford, it's going to be Stafford and Wamogo, so it kind of depends on who, who wins that one in the quarterfinals if they if they get that far. Uh, I'm going to just say Wamogo versus uh, Wamogo versus Windsor Lock. what the heck, uh, in one semifinal, and then on the other semifinal, St. Paul versus Coggenshaw. I have St. Paul winning this whole thing uh, over whoever comes out of that bottom, the top half of the bracket, so... Uh, let's move on to Class M. We got uh, it's it's it doesn't have St. Joe anymore, but as we mentioned before, we that might be a good thing. You have Valley Regional as your top seed. Uh, your number two seed is Northwestern. Wh- Northwestern, the uh, the ever jilted Northwestern uh, uh, softball team, which has won the BL again. Can they make a run? Uh, Ryan, what do you think of the whole bracket? They have a chance. I think this is their best chance. I'm going to plan on going up there. I was going to say tomorrow, but with the weather forecast, that doesn't look very good. Mm. It's supposed to pour rain all you know all afternoon, but maybe Wednesday. I was planning on going up there to see them you know, in their first-round matchup because they have a great chance. I mean, obviously they shouldn't have any issue in the first round. Ledyard's a tough you know, Ledyard or Granby, I suppose. You know, Granby obviously coming off you know winning their conference. That's a tough second-round game, but – 
they have a, they have at least a good chance to win that game. And then if you look ahead, you know, maybe Oxford, maybe North Brantford. I just feel like the last couple of years, like last year they ran into, into St. Joe's in the quarterfinals. It's like, well, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they won the whole thing, and St. Joe's is obviously the best team. So, you know, they, they have experience. They have a senior pitcher. They have a lot of the things that you like. And why don't these teams schedule better out of conference? <laughs> well, a lot of the time they can't because yeah. just too, the conferences are just too big. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. And uh, there you go. That's you know. yeah. You'd like to see Northwestern have played one of these teams just to get a feel for how good they are. They, you know, their only loss was to Lewis Mills, who you know probably isn't. You know, they they had a, a lot of wins too. I think they won 16, 17 games. They're one of the top seeds in this thing too. So I just I don't know. I want to kind of see one of these you know teams make a deep run when maybe the top teams aren't as good. Like Valley Regional obviously appeared human a lot of the season despite all their wins. So you kind of have to look farther down the bracket. To, for a team that you know maybe an oxford from a, a league that's a little stronger or seymour who always wins this class m when it's full of normal teams right yeah i i, I think overall this is a pretty balanced uh, bracket maybe the seeds aren't quite uh, up to snuff but right. I mean, valley's gonna play either woodland or law and that, and that for, they get a buy they gotta play one of those teams which are both pretty good teams yeah, that's there's no easy games really for many of these teams which is interesting i like seymour coming uh, when at least at least your games they get to the quarterfinals then you have notre dame fairfield sitting there at number four uh, I, I mean, they got to play gri- possibly Griswold. Well, they got smoked by in the, earlier in the season. Yeah, that's going to be a fascinating matchup. It would be probably be, this time it would be at Notre Dame right, Fairfield right. should they win. So now Griswold's got to make the trip. But right. uh, you know, maybe that'll be. Maybe, so we talked to Jeff Vino in the year. He just said we just didn't show up in that game. Um, so uh, and then you have Lewis Mills and Plainfield and Berlin sitting there. Uh, who do you like coming out? Uh, well, l- let's quickly go down to the bottom half of the back. We talked about Northwestern. Can they make a run? they got to face Ledger to Granby in the second round. If they get past Bethel, which is no sure thing. You have Oxford, the NVL champion. They could poss- If they beat Nottawa, they possibly face Laurelton Hall or North Brantford. How about North Brantford playing Laurelton Hall to start the season? I guess that's what you get you, you, when you're uh, – you know, you only win 12 games, and Laurel Hall plays out of the SEC. That's that's a tough matchup for the Shoreline champs. Yeah, well, North Brantford actually opened the season with a wild win over East Haven, remember? Yeah. You know, in, like, a high-scoring sort of game. So that's their, you know, their lone SEC exposure. But, yeah, that's, again, no easy games for so many of these teams. It's so interesting to see, like, two league champions could play in the second round of the Class M tournament oh that aren't private school. Like, it's not like right. St. Joe's, right? So I think that's pretty fascinating. And, then, uh, and the other the number three seed, Waterford, let's not forget about them. What do you what do you think about a, a Final Four coming out of this bracket? Well, I think it's, a you know, Walkett's pretty tough at the bottom of this bracket. I think, you know, Waterford, Walkett will probably be, you know, I hate to even assume anything in this bracket at all, but you, you like Waterford and Walkett as one – you know, sort of quarterfinals. So I think I like, I think I like Waterford to make it that far, and then I don't know who's going to win the Northwestern sort of regional part, right? There's so many good teams: Ledyard, Oxford, North Brantford. Maybe Oxford's momentum from you know winning such a dramatic NVL final sort of propel them. You know, maybe this Oxford's historically been amazing. You know, since they've become a school, yeah. you know, they've been so dominant. So maybe this is a you know this is a year they could make a run, but. Top half, I think Seymour, like you said, Seymour and Notre Dame Fairfield are likely the you know the two semifinal teams. Probably yeah. fair, right? I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, then, unless you want to see Griswold beats Notre Dame Fairfield, right? And <laughs> again, they Griswold they're just after giving NFA a great you know a great game in the ECC final. I mean, it was six to two, but you know they didn't roll over or anything like that. And so I think top half's probably a little stronger. But yeah, I think can you imagine Oxford, Waterford, and then. 
Seymour, Notre Dame. There's just so many. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just, who, are, who, are, who, are you got, who are your official Final Four Yeah, picks I think here? I'll leave it with that. I think I'll go Seymour, Notre Dame, and then Waterford and Oxford. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Griswold coming out of there that to, to face Seymour, not Notre Dame. Uh, so I like that for one semifinal. I think it's not it's not a vintage Seymour season. Uh, obviously, they didn't win it. They won three straight and then didn't win it this year. But they're still a really good team. I mean, they can score when they when they want to. Oxford just kind of ran away with it at the end. Um, you know, looking at the bottom half there, you know, I'm going to pick Laurelton Hall. Yeah, I'm going to pick Laurelton Hall to to get to one semifinal. And they're going to play Waterford in the uh, in the in the semifinal. So. Uh, and then and in that case, I think I'm going to go with Waterford in the final versus, uh, where is it? Uh, I think it's going to be Waterford versus Griswold in, in the, uh, <laughs> making it all ECC final right. in Class M softball. Ryan, what do you got for a final? I think I'm going to go with Seymour and Waterford also. I was, for a second, I was going to think of going all NVL just to sort of counterbalance. But yeah. <laughs> um, Oxford is like... I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to decide when between these leagues don't play each other. I I feel and you know aside from Seymour, these NVL teams haven't done well in the in the state tournaments the last few years. So I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with you know Seymour and Waterford with Seymour winning their I don't know what it is fourth and fifth year or something crazy like that. Class in Class M. Yeah. Okay. I'll take Waterford uh, to win it all. Just because, <laughs> just because I feel like it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it could be Griswold, but I'm gonna go with Waterford because uh, what the heck, Waterford. Yeah, I mean Waterford got shut out by Griswold in the in the softball, you know, in the semifinals of the first of Division One, whatever. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but yeah. So a pretty that was a pretty close game. So they're obviously you know battle tested. They're probably you know a little hungry after having such a good regular season, not you know winning the you know championship or whatever. Uh, speaking of Class M, uh, I guess we're going to go to our uh, our guest this week. We're going to talk to uh, North Brantford coach Nick Delizio. Joining us on the show is, of course, the they're the five time Shoreline champions. Nobody thought they were going to do it this year, but uh, they knocked off uh, Valley Valley Regional and they won a four, fifth straight track. They just dominate the conference. And it is the head coach of North Brantford T Birds, Nick Delizio. Nick, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing awesome. Enjoying the weather. Yeah, well, happy Memorial Day to you. And what what a run again for for your girls uh, to win. You you know you lose a pitcher like Sydney, and then and then you, you guys have had your ups and downs throughout the season. Yet somehow you win the Shoreline Conference again. What happened? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, we've been blessed. We had you know seriously dominant pitching the last you know four years or so between Lindsay Golia, Julia Heckle, and Sydney Sinertia. This year we knew that um, the ball was going to get put in play more. So what we had to do, we had to focus on our defense. You know, that was the big thing. Everything, we did majority of defensive drills throughout practice all season long. Not really focused on the hitting, maybe on in, inside days when it was bad weather. But we, we focused on um, tons of situational uh, outcomes and so forth. You know, you know, different slap defense, bunt defenses, just other situations, base running, things that we can get an advantage of because we knew the ball was going to get put into play a little bit more this year. And uh, obviously the team that plays the best defense usually puts you in a better spot to win games. And uh, definitely throughout the tournament, we played phenomenal defense um, all three games, quarterfinals, semis, in the finals. And uh, 
it helped us win. I mean, the, some of those plays, if we didn't have our defense locked down, you know, the other team would have definitely had more opportunities to score runs and so forth. So it definitely put us in a better opportunity to win games, and it's been successful. Um, you had a tough end to the regular season, just you know, in terms of results and everything. And then, like you said, you you know, you got hot in the playoffs, but a lot of close games in the tournament. What was the heart rate like over those few days when you'd win a couple, you know, one run game, one run game, and then even just trying to, you know, get ready for the tournament? You know, the heart rate, I mean, you're always, uh, you know, late in the game, you're, you're always, you know, anxious. You're trying to calm yourself down. You know, you're trying to make the best call for the certain team, for that certain situation, you know, and you got to hope that the girls, you know, it's all the preparation that you put in, um, throughout the season, as far as being on defense, you know, those defensive situations, you know, how to handle your at-bats later in the game, what to look for, your batting approach. We had a, um, a different style of approach this time versus Addy, and um, I was, you know, preaching about it, and it seemed like it paid off a little bit. We scored, we rattled her early, and uh, we were able to, you know, hit. Plus, I mean, we know we for the shorelines, we played three days in a row and so forth, and uh, if in the regular season can end the day before the quarterfinals, and we know that Addy also pitched Tuesday, so she pitched Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, four out of five days, that can, you know, it depends. You know, that can, can take a toll if the arm is, you know, that strong or whatever, or, you know, mentally and so forth. So, um, you know, just trying to take every op- advantage of every opportunity that's given to us and try to make the best of that. Um, yeah, but playing in those games that are close, those one-run games, and coming out on top, you know, it's like you've been there before. Okay, here's this. Okay, another pressure situation. We practice that. Runners on second and third, one out, tie game. Was uh, winning run on second base or, or on third base, whatever it may be. We practice that to understand. And uh, the girls b- bought into that, and, you know, it's helped. You mentioned trying to score off Addy. You lost to them twice, and the second time you got shut out. And you just mentioned about a different approach. What was that? What do you? What was the biggest change that allowed you to have more success? Do you feel? Um, getting back in the batter's box. <laughs> Honestly, I told them crowd the plate and get on the back line. So I mean, I'm giving out a scouting report <laughs> to everybody right now. <laughs> hey, you, this could be it. We crowd the plate and got all the way back. And it's funny because I'm like, you know what? It could take away uh, a couple pitches. It could take away the screw ball because now she has to throw it more over the plate. You know, the rise ball, she's going to have to throw even lower because now you're all the way back, so you're not going to be, you know, have to swing at it as much. And you're getting more time to see a fastball or whatever it may be um, to adapt on it. And we actually, you know, we were we were pulling the ball hard off of her. One of our, uh, Erica Piercy, pinned one, right to the left field fence foul off of her. I mean, to get around a, a D1 commit pitcher as a, you know, from a sophomore doing that, that's good. But we had them go back in the box and it seemed very successful. And, you know, getting, uh, obviously getting on, um, you know, she's a great pitcher. And, you know, you want to get up on them early because, you know, that always helps as well. You know, kind of, kind of calms the nerves and say, hey, we can do this. Coach, uh, it sounds like uh... – the, uh, the, the you know it, it, it's just been a weird season for you guys. I mean, we weren't typically as dominant as before. 
Um, and uh, you know, we understand that that there was a there was a moment there where you, you were suspended for a game uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked to you a little bit. Uh, we asked you actually about it off the air, and you said that the you know, there wasn't going to be anything you were talking you you were going to say about that. So we'll, we'll respect your decision with that. Um, but just to over the overall dynamic. Um, that how is I mean it sounds like the team is it coming together I mean is how what is, what is the mindset now I mean you after all that you seem like you had a little like ups and downs and again like we mentioned the the, the, the one game suspension but um you know is this is this team you know is is this team kind of rallying around itself right now Yeah I mean the goals the goals are there for each other you know the like it seems like the pieces are coming together you know, every year the, going into the season, the goal is to qualify for the state tournament. Once you do that, you qualify for the shoreline. And, you know, get to the shoreline championship and win it. I mean, the girls rallying around each other and so forth. Yes, at the end of the year, we, we took on lumps and so forth as well. You can see some of the scores. Um, but it's, you know, how you, how you bounce back. And, you know, what we say in practice is that if you lose the game in the regular season, there's always a tomorrow. There's always a tomorrow to correct something. And the fact that the, a lot of the girls, many of the girls, have been in the Shoreline tournament. They've played close games throughout the year. They've lost games you know, where we have learning experiences from. You know, you, though, all that goes into consideration when you go into a tournament. And when we got to the Shoreline championship, um, the, I, one of my players is just like, girls, we've been here before. We, we, this, is, this, isn't new, this isn't new to us. You know, everyone was calm. I was I felt calm too. I mean, you know, when you're it's you just have control of the situation and you just go out, pull the girls, go out, pull your hearts out and have fun, enjoy this. I mean, you know, you have a chance to do something really special and you know, take it for what it is and go out and play Thunderbird softball. So, so it sounds like you guys are ready for for the tournament here and that what a great way to kinda of end a, a, a you know, like a, a wacky season. Uh you know, I mean you, know, you know, it's been it sounds like it's been kinda of crazy and you know, tough in spots, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you look at you look at Class M, and now you go into the second season now, and now you have. It seems like you guys are renewed, and you go into Class M, and what a, what a way to start. You know, because of your season, you were you were 12 and eight in the regular season. Uh, you're the 23 seed, and you got to go play. Uh, you got to go play at Laurel in the Hall, which is you know out of the SEC, a tough team. You know, you couldn't have asked for a tougher matchup that first round, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, they've had success. They're coached by a great coach, Kapora. Um, You know what? I, I told the girls today at practice, I go, the numbers next to the seed don't matter. Just focus on minor victories, small victories. You know, win the at-bat. You know, what can you do to win the at-bat? Win the pitch. You know, when you're in the uh, field, win the play. Try to make your best effort. Try to win the play. You know, just having that mental focus, mental toughness, and that everyone's there for you. Everyone shows value on the team, whether you're in the game or you're not in the game, and I feel the pieces that we have right now on the field are give us the best chance going forward with the momentum. I mean, uh, the girls are rallying around each other, and we're going to give it our best shot against Littleton. I mean, I told them, I go, it, it doesn't look like the years past where you look at the class and you're like, oh, man, you know, that one seed or that two, one, two, three, four, so dominant, it's going to be, like, impossible. Mm-hmm. Class M, it's, it seems like it's an open forum this year. Any team yeah. can get hot at the right time. You know, any team can go cold. It doesn't matter. You know, so you don't want to look at where all the teams are. It's just the most important thing is focusing on tomorrow's game, and we'll take it from there. I mean, they're a very tough squad.
squad, Wilton Hall. They play a tough schedule as well. But, you know, if we're playing our best and they're playing their best, we know it's going to be a good game. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. Girls, girls can end up uh, rallying around and we can win. You know, that'd be great. That's the goal. I mean, I don't look at it as the numbers either. Just go in. That's our next opponent. And uh, just go out and play our best. Beaton Valley was definitely huge because they were a top 10 yeah. school in our conference, um, which I mean, which is great for their program, by the way, just kind of off the beaten path here. I mean, Valley, four years ago, it, it used to be a walk-in, okay, this game is easy, whatever. Now, you know, they have a respectable program. They're doing a great job. It, it's awesome. It's great for the conference. So, yeah. you know, kudos to them. And, it, you know, it, that just helps us out. I feel because you know playing those teams, they're the one seed. If we could beat the one seed in the shoreline and in the overall class M, in a top ten team in the state, you know the sky's the limit for us. You know, we'll see how what we can do. It seems like that that upper half of the bracket is is just stacked. I mean, you look at the lower side, okay, but that uh, upper half is stacked. I mean, lo- thankfully, I, I guess you guys don't have to. Uh... Right. Yeah. 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 You don't have to navigate I mean, that part. So, I mean, I'm, well, I'm not I, saying it's going to be you, know, you have I, Oxford in the second round, too. I forgot about that. that yeah. I mean, every Me. game is going to be a battle. Every game is going to be a battle. There's no kidneys, no cupcakes anymore. You know, um, you, you just got to go in and play and, you know, just worry about that game ahead. Yeah. The upper half, I looked at it, you know, with, with Seymour Woodland, Griswold's in that half, Valley, um, I think is Wilkin in that half too. Wilkin's at the bottom of yours. Oh, bottom of ours. That's right. But um, or Mottville. That's they're in that other Mm -hmm. half, I believe. You know, that's it's tough, and uh, you know, just kind of sometimes you get lucky with the seedings. I don't know if if we got lucky. We got to go out and play softball. Every team got to go play. And my assistant coach tells the girls all the time, Neil Swanchek. He goes, the game doesn't know who's supposed to win, so you just got to go out and play every game. That's right. You got the great Neil Swanchek there, who's just been in every program yeah. forever. I mean, he, he's a, you know talk about softball in Connecticut. Yeah. What a great assistant to have, huh? Oh, it's, he, he's been excellent. You know, you learn a lot from him. You want to, you know, as a coach, you want to be a student of the game, and you know, having him under, uh, you know, as a T bird has been phenomenal. He knows a lot. He brings a ton of knowledge to the table, a ton of experience, and uh, he's been successful too. I mean, the guy is. Uh, I'm so thankful for to have him. Uh, he said he's been like in a state championship over 20 times or something like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. One over 20 times. It's great. I mean, my other assistant, Morgan Onofrio, she I, played for me back in 09 when I was the assistant at North Brantford, and she's been tremendous. You know, goes above and beyond what a volunteer coach should do. And I mean, so thankful for her as well. You know, having them both just really helps you get through the season. You know, you can rely on different um, uh, different avenues on how to approach certain situations and so forth. It's just been great. So you lost some very, you know, special seniors who won four straight shorelines, you know, as players on your team. So who sort of stepped up, you know, this year? I know you got some younger players in the, you know, in the team now. So who sort of stepped up for you guys? Um, I'm going to say we'll, we'll start with the top, you know, Angelina Ramada, uh, she's a senior captain. She got hurt in basketball this year. She kind of set out to the end of the season. She was really hoping to get back for softball. She got back, and then she hurt herself again. So in the beginning, we kind of didn't have her. We were trying to point around with her outfield and so forth, who can go until she can 
uh, get back and healthy. And when she got back and healthy, she started off a little slow and so forth. But let me tell you, um, she has picked it up. She's gone from a nine-hitter to a three-hitter. She's our hottest hitter on the team. She's seen the ball well. Um, you know, she's rallying all the girls. She, she's coming up the true captain form. So I'm going to say it starts at the top there. And, I mean, we have a lot of the going down the list. You know, the juniors, we have uh, uh, Katie Peterson as shortstop. She's just a tremendous shortstop, tremendous girl to coach. I mean, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so happy I have her for another year. We have Kayla Desperate behind the plate. You know, she, she kind of <clears throat> stepped in a role her freshman year where she started like the last game of the regular season and then took on and started from the playoffs. And that, that was the year we went to the state championship. So she's got playoff experience really early on in her career. Um, you know, we have Maraid Aiken as a backup pitcher right now because um, Bella Hill has kind of stepped up our freshman. And uh, she's been pitching wonderful. I mean, 14 years old, and, you know, she pitches in back-to-back games, back-to-back-to-back games, quarterfinal semis in championship, outdoing a, a D1 commit pitcher. Um, you know, Hannah Sinertia will lead off Sydney's younger sister, who's mm. a freshman. You know, Brianna Roccio is a senior who plays an awesome lockdown third base, has made some tremendous plays to save the game the other day. I think she made three plays. You know, Jada McConey, my third baseman, she's she's a hitting machine. Uh, Erica Pearson is kind of like an unsung hero in right field. And Amy Roccio, another senior captain in left field, who's really come on and improved her defense tenfold. Uh, I mean, she, she's become a one of the top outfielders. And the best thing about our outfielders, they all have arms. So, you know, we've been going over how to approach the ball and make plays at the plate, and we've thrown out runners at the plate in every uh, playoff game so far. So it's been awesome. that Those are run savers right there. Um, it's just everybody stepping up. And, uh, you know, my DP is Sophia Ouellette, a sophomore. Just, just awesome. It's great. <laughs> everybody stepped up. Everybody has a role. And, uh, you know, we're we're just gonna we're gonna ride the wave. Um, you mentioned Hannah, who I think is your leading hitter. Um, how is she like? You know, Sydney. How is she unlike Sydney? Did you expect her to have this much of an impact? Like you said, as your leadoff hitter right off the gate, like or? Yeah, Sydney. You know, you, you, obviously you hear about the youth coming in and so forth. Every year you hear about the youth. You know, you we gave Sydney an opportunity. Um, you know, the beginning of the season, and she just ran with it. You know, we knew that there was a hole at second base. Um, Sydney can play second base. And, you know, she's improved tenfold as well. Um, she's, she, she's, just like the whole, she's just like her sister. She battles. She's, she's one of the nicest human beings ever, too. She's so sweet um, and caring and all for the team. Um, you know, she led our team in average. I think she still leads our team in average. Right. As a freshman, you know, scoring a ton of runs, she has over – 35 hits or whatever. She's fast. She makes the plays. She's intelligent. She's, she made a defensive uh, play the other day to save uh, an inning as well. So everybody's, like I said, we're all coming together. Everyone's there for each other. Um, you know, it's like the next guy up. Where everyone's got each other's back. It's, it's really awesome. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the younger girls in Bella Hills, you know, you know, she can hit as well. She's probably one of the fastest girls on our team. And everybody brings something to the table that is, use, you know, useful. It's like we, there, there are no holes. Let's just put it that way. Um, North Branford. We have been, a lot of depth. 
Um, the town's been really strong in terms of youth. Have you noticed that? Obviously, that's helped you guys over the last you know five years. But a lot of other towns have had issues with you know softball numbers dwindling. Is that not a thing there? Do you feel like you know? It seems like you guys are as strong as ever in that regard. Well, I mean, the youth program I would say is strong. Um, numbers wise, maybe not as much as we like. You know, really down below. But that's going around with every town. You know, North Brantford. You know the the big thing in North Bradford now that's coming up is lacrosse. Yeah. So even like boys little boys little league is taking a hit for numbers, and you know girls lacrosse takes it from softball. Or you have the girls that go to softball, and then you know might be athletic but might not have the like coordination to hit the ball, and they kind of go, "Eh, I play this, I'm done with it. Let me go play lacrosse," because a lot of times they feel that you know if I'm an athlete, I can go and do that. It might be an easier game to play because softball and baseball are not an easy game to play. No, such a such a spotlight sport. You can kind of hide on the field in those other sports. Our sport here, you know, pitcher, batter, ball gets put in play to fielder. Everybody's looking all eyes. You can't get hit in like on a basketball yeah. court, you know, or a soccer field. So all eyes are on you. And I think that just you know, with all these options at North Brantford, you know, you're going to get it spread out across many other sports and you're going to see the thinning out of a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, we should mention that we unfortunately. Yeah, we should mention that the the North Branford girls and boys lacrosse team also won uh, Shoreline <laughs> Conference Championships um and somehow we missed all <laughs> we missed both of them and the softball Man, final. No, we I, missed I, the I, game. We go any further, don't go, don't come. Don't yeah. come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that won't Finally, be a Silently hanging banners. <laughs> Silently hanging banners. I just want to take this opportunity to just apologize to all the North Brantford people out there because we whiffed. Uh, we, there was just a miscommunication on our end. We whiffed on covering the final here, uh, the softball final. We intended to. We're really. I know it doesn't help, but we're really sorry. <laughs> this is why we have you on here, Coach. And plus, your girls have been oh, playing. Man. Your girls have been playing great. Um, we, we will try and stay away as far as long as we can. But you know, if you're going to be playing Oxford, if you're going to be playing uh, Laurel Hall, that's going to be tough to. We can't. We can't ignore those games. Those are good matches. Oh, no, 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 come on, <laughs> no, come on, no, come on down. That's what I say. No, we love it like every year. You know, I always, you know, thank the press for covering. It's nice that we have a very small town and you know tight knit community. And when you guys feature North Brantford, you know everybody in town knows everybody, so everybody talks, and it's and, you know a lot of positivity when the sport teams get recognized. It's great for the school, great for the community. Oh uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good sports town, uh, North Brantford, and. You know, it, even though it, they might feel a little bit jilted, especially if the, the you know, they literally it's one of the closest schools to, to the office we're sitting in right now. And I, I don't we're all, all I could say is we're trying really hard. We're trying. <laughs> I guess we're not trying hard enough. We'll have to figure that out. But uh, but but to get I guess the winning cures all when you look at the at the, the final analysis, if you can continue this. You win a shoreline championship. You can continue making a run. Through the state tournament, maybe maybe uh, that's just the, the nice salve and a, a good way to end the season, huh? Thank you. Yeah, that's that's the goal. You know, winning cures all. Hopefully, we just keep winning and see how far this team can go. See how if they can reach to their true potential and just have them go play play hard nose softball, be there for one another, and. Uh, Try to do big things this year. Well, all right, Coach. Well, listen, we, we thank you. Thanks for joining us, and good luck to your game. I don't know if we're going to get these games in tomorrow, but we'll see. Uh, you know, after a beautiful weekend, we might have a little bit of rain, but they will get played. 
and I'm sure you guys will give it a, your best shot. So, uh, listen, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck to, in the in the tournament, and you know who knows? Maybe we'll be talking to you this time uh, in in two weeks. Oh, that'd be great. Who knows? So that'd be a goal. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on, though. I really do. All right, Nick. Thanks a lot, and you take care. Thanks. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. So that was North Brantford coach Nick Delizio. We thank him for coming on uh, again. Getting back to what happened, we uh, according to a letter that we received. Uh, from a source, uh, he was suspended by the school district for a game, um, and uh, we we just learned this just a few days ago, and uh, we were we, we asked about it, so we'll see what we can get from the mouth uh, off off the podcast, and he just, he declined to do that, so we didn't want to dwell on it, but that did happen uh, about a week ago, uh, stemming from from what sources say were something to do with senior day, so. It's nothing like too. It's nothing serious. Is I guess is the, is the point there. Yeah, so. and it was cool to see them sort of. I hate to use the generic term rally around, but yeah. you know sometimes when stuff like that happens, the kids are just like, oh, we're done playing for the year. But they, you know, they yeah. pulled together and somehow won their fifth league title in a row. Give the kids a lot. Give coach yeah. a lot of credit. Give the kids a lot yeah, of credit. Absolutely. Whatever you know in, you know whatever turmoil might have been happening there, um, it sounds like that they've put it behind them for now. And he sounds pretty positive about the experience. He seems positive about their outlook in the States. So yeah. And then, uh, and although it's a different team, they've made runs in States yeah. the last three or four it's, years in a row. So yeah. wouldn't be surprised. North to see Brantford them doing it again. is a proud yeah, softball program. And you've done a nice job there. So let's, uh, we're going to jump over to class L let's uh, run this thing down. Uh, so this is the opposite of class M. Uh, yeah. Listening because you know, there's a uh, very few teams that have the realistic, you know, chance of winning this. Right, so class L is, of course, the, the one where you have uh, Massick sitting there at number two and North Haven at number three, and uh, the way things shaken out, it, I would be shocked to not see those two in a semifinal, and then on the other side, uh, you have St. Joseph, uh, the number one seed and also the number one team in the state, according to the voters. Yep. Uh, the number four there is Brookfield, uh, and, uh, and then you also have Windsor, which is tough. Uh, on that side, you have Barlow at number nine, which you, you talked to yesterday. You're going to have a story on this week. East Haven in a second-round game. They're playing hand in the first round for the right to face St. Joseph. And, uh, well, how do you see this thing breaking down? Well, I don't know how what it is, but it seems like Class L has been, the last couple of years, it's been pretty top-heavy. I don't know if it's just the school size, and there's less teams in this tournament you know, than the other ones as well, but... It's kind of unfortunate for both East Haven and Hand to have to play each other in the first round and then play St. Joseph. Yeah. I mean, they they could be, like, in the top ten teams in this yeah. bracket pretty easily coming out of the SEC there. Yeah. But, you know, it's pretty obvious. I mean, we don't. this shouldn't take long. I mean, Massick and North Haven are – nothing will keep them from meeting in the semifinal. Like, yeah. there's literally – there's no chance anything else happens. And his last words, though. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Bristol I'm, Eastern sitting there that. at seven. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, dying on that hill. I mean, Massick <laughs> has shown. I mean, 17 out of 20 games, they've won by double digits. They're just like they've crushed everyone. They, a you know, crazy play aside against Notre Dame. I think beating them handily showed a lot because Notre Dame had gotten hot at the end of the year and they'd sort of hit the ball really well. You know, for most of the season, and to see Massick sort of sort of down everyone in their conference shows a lot um, Bristol Eastern's doubled down the stretch a little bit so that makes I mean I think Bristol Eastern if they played North Haven they'd have a better chance to mm. pull that one off but having to play Massick in a potential quarterfinal is, is pretty tough I agree I think Windsor is the 
is the team that will eventually face St. Joe's in the semis. They they went 16 and four, and all their losses were against good teams. I mean, they lost to South Windsor, Griswold, Southington, you know, NFA. So you know, if those are your only losses the whole season, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. So they're probably you know a little more battle tested. Brookfield's on the young side, which is why I would give South um, sorry regular Windsor, <laughs> not South Windsor there in the Class Double L. I'd give Windsor the edge in that sort of um, you know quarterfinal matchup and. Might be looking at St. Joe's and Massick, which you know, yeah, that's what you want. I think the only other team that I'm interested in is uh, Bernadette, Bernadette Kingsbury and uh, and and Sacred Heart Academy. Um, I know they got uh, no uh, perfect gamed by Lauren Card in North Haven in that uh, SEC first round game, but uh, there's potential they could meet up again. And I don't know, second time around or third time, yeah, third time played, around, excuse me. No, fourth time. They played twice <laughs> during the regular right. season. That's right. North Haven. They're on the same side. Yeah. So could they, I mean, you know, could they do, could they pull a law and maybe bite North Haven in that, uh, in that quarter? Right. No one would have saw that coming last year. No one thought law would be, you know, North Haven, but I mean. And how about, I mean, the other one, how about Maloney sitting there at six? I mean, I don't know much about them. Yeah, I mean that, that's another. I mean, yeah. You do you think North Haven's a little more? I think they're a little vulnerable. Is that yeah, just what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they rely so much on you know sort of pitching and defense. You mm-hmm. know that like you know when I did the story on Lauren Carr that never saw the light of day, they <laughs> sort of explained that she's not a strikeout pitcher. You know, the best pitchers traditionally are the strikeout you know rise ball pitchers that just you know get everyone you know to strike out. And she relies on her defense and you know always hits her spots. You know, but. A couple of those plays don't go your way, and then you're looking, you know, you're you're a little nervous about those things. But I don't think they're as vulnerable as you do. But. Right, right. No, I, I uh, listen. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I, I, in my final four, I have Massac North Haven getting to the final four on the other side, St. Joseph, and maybe oh, let's see, maybe who? I am. I'm looking at this one. Maybe Windsor. Yeah. Lyman Hall. I mean, I. I <laughs> I got to pick one. I'm going to go with, uh, let's go with East Lime. The 20 seed getting to the the, the, the the final four there. Just just for the heck of it. They I mean, East Lime, they, you know, I don't know. The 20 seed, maybe, uh, I don't, I don't think it does going to matter. That doesn't, something that doesn't, that we don't see coming might come at some point. Not just, not in this bracket, but for states overall. So, yeah. Well, all right. So I think St. Joseph wins this uh, wins this whole bracket. I'm going to pick them over Mastic in the final Ryan, I actually think Masik's gonna win. You think Masik's got it this time? I think so. I mean, although Pey- although Peyton's been on literally unhittable, uh, literally <laughs> unhittable. Yeah. Um, I just think maybe it's maybe it's Masik that gets the big hit this time. I mean, they have the lightning rod at the top of the lineup and Meg McFarland who can get on base, and it's gonna come down to this two one you know two one type of game. And Masik won when they did that last year. St. Joe's did it when they met this year. Maybe it's Masik's turn. I think. I think Massick will look forward to having real competition late in this tournament. And I think beating – if they can be, get past North Haven, I think that gives them a little more of a jolt where St. Joe's might be sort of sleepwalking in this final. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see about that. But they, it, it, unless something crazy happens here, I think you're going to see the number one team coming out of this bracket pretty much. You, even if South Windsor wins? Class uh, yeah, yeah. That's – that's. so I, South Windsor basically needs Massick to beat St. Joseph in the final. You think so? I think I'm, I'm torn about this when we can – this will be our sort of segue into Class Double L. Mm. But for South Windsor to win Class Double L, they'll have to beat NFA uh, one or two of – or three or four of NFA, EO Smith, Cheshire, and then either Trumbull or Southington in a final. Mm. And I think if they beat all those teams and go undefeated, 
do you, maybe they go over St. Joe's who people will think, oh, well, St. Joe's just beat Massac to win class double L. I don't know. Voters I've, love an undefeated team. Yeah, you, it's going to be one of. Yeah, it's going to be one of. So Either St. Joseph or it's going to be uh, South, South Windsor wins it. That's if South Windsor yeah, wins it. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen whatsoever. Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the class double L bracket here. They're the number one seed. They get a bye. They're going to face the winner of Danbury and Newtown. You have NFA sitting there at number eight. You have Fairfield Lovell at the nine seed. Uh, Cheshire is a the fourth seed on the other half of that bracket. Um, anybody else there? That I mean, EO Smith is the five. So the way this is kind of breaking down, if everything goes to form, I you know maybe it's Cheshire versus South Windsor, unless somebody NFA maybe decides to come up and buy South Windsor. Now go to the bottom of the bracket. Trumbull is the two seed. They got to buy. They got to face the Amity New Britain winner. I would say Amity. They got to face that winner rematch in of last year's final. Yeah, in a rematch of last year's state championship game won by Amity, and they were up pretty big, and then it was just just a mess. In moments, Trumbull scored a million runs. Oh my god, it was a, it was just took forever, uh, but they did win that title. So they're the defending champions. They got to play number two seed Trumbull pr- probably in that second round. Also looking down a bit, you have Stanford, which has been a tricky team, and they almost knocked off St. Joseph early in the year. West Haven, which, again, we've mentioned over and over again, we're not sure how battle-tested they are. They are, they are battle-tested, but how battle-tested? They didn't get to the SEC uh, semis. No, they lost in the first right, round. Right, they lost in the first round. So they got to face the winner of Richfield uh, and Greenwich, um, which, you know, I, I think that that matches up favorably for them. And then you have Wilton, Southington, Newington, Manchester. So uh, the – it's a balanced bracket. You have a lot of ranked teams in here. You know, Southington is another team that we didn't. Where, where are they? They're, They're in the bottom half. No, they they probably got the best draw of all yeah. the top teams for sure. I, I would easily put them into the quarterfinals, and if not the semifinals, where do you have for Final Four in Class Double oh, L? Well, what do you well, for that? Well, just, break it down quick, one, and then one thing I just wanted to say was that, um, and this was part of me making sort of the case for South Windsor is that they beat a lot of good teams, and I think their geographical location in the state sort of works against them compared to like a St. Joe's. I mean, yeah. to, go, to go undefeated agree. in the CCC, you know, beat they not in like, like they played all of the top teams in the CCC. They beat Enfield, shut out, um, shut out, obviously shut out EO Smith, Enfield and Southington three games in a row. I mean, that's, you know, those are quality wins and like, is Maria Hanchuk the best pitcher in the state? Maybe. Like, I mean, I don't know, but they're, they're, they're so good. I think they're a little underrated and, they beat NFA only one nothing. So if they play each other again in the quarterfinals, and that's obviously a coin flip of a game, I wouldn't mm-hmm. look past EO Smith. They could easily beat Cheshire. Do you think the ECC, ECC? Do you think the CCC needs to show up a bit to help South Windsor out if South Windsor can get to the final and win it? Uh, do you think like it needs to have a good showing I overall? I don't think so because they're going to have to do all the heavy lifting themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure that window dressing would look nice or whatever, but they're path is difficult and they're going to have to show that their offensive improvement from last year is real i mean they're going to be games where they don't shut out every other team they play especially tough lineups like cheshire so <laughs> i'm stalling a little because i don't know who to pick honestly i i think it's hard to bet against cheshire i mean yeah they survive so many crazy situations and they're always so tough i mean i remember they last year they beat nfa in a quarterfinal game that they had no right to win and they you know they easily didn't so not easily i'm just saying they you know they came out with the win and they've done that so many times this year so i think 
I think South Windsor, Cheshire. I think I'm okay with those two teams <laughs> in the top half, and then I'm I'm pretty okay with with Trumbull and Southington. Yeah, Trumbull. I think you were saying this a little bit about North Hayden. I don't know if they're vulnerable because their only two losses came against St. Joseph's, and but I just wonder the whole year, like that lower half of the FCAC, not great, you know. No. So when they start playing out of league teams, I'm curious to see how they sort of fare. But the bottom half of the bracket is so light that they might yeah. not have to do that till they play Southington. No, I think that's what you're going to get because it's an FCAC sort of regional in Trumbull's bracket yeah. to begin with. I mean. Amity's going to be a tough game because obviously Amity's way better now than they were at the start of the season, and they just showed that by almost knocking off Cheshire. So that's a, a tough second-round game. But if they get past that, they either have to play Ward or Stanford. I mean, we kind of know what's going to happen, you know, for the most part. And then Southington will be their first sort of real test. So I'm, I think that's my final five. I think I'm going Trumbull, Southington, and then Cheshire, Southwindsor. Yeah, I'm going to go. Well, Southwindsor has beaten NFA. Remember, they they beat yeah, them early nothing, season, yeah. right? Run not, one nothing and. Yeah, Hantrick has just been so dominant. You know, just a quick to the voters. I don't vote, but just a quick. Please do not discount discount South Windsor just just because I've had them too since since they're three. Ascent. They finally got up to three now behind the two. I guess you could say that. Maybe you should argue that they should be one. Maybe yeah. you should argue they should be two or maybe one. Uh, they didn't play a conference tournament, so there's no like extra cherry on top of their undefeated season like St. Joseph. Just don't, you know, go watch them play. And if they end up uh, beating a lot of these teams, that's a tough half. They end up beating Cheshire to get to the state final, and they be like a Southington or or a Trumbull to go undefeated. That's going to be really tough. They would need something like Bristol Eastern. This is what I was talking about before. They would need something like Bristol Eastern to knock off Massac. Right. Well, yeah, that obviously, that would obviously look very right. good. Right. That would look good for them because they also beat Bristol Eastern one nothing earlier in the season. Right. So let's say Bristol Eastern knocks out. So that takes care of like how maybe, maybe that would take care. I'm not, listen, I don't think Massick's going to lose Bristol Eastern, but, you know, that would kind of help them along a little bit. I, I feel like it's St. Joseph's number one ranking to lose if they lose in, if they win a state championship because they haven't lost yet, and it's between South Windsor and St. Joseph, like you said. It, and also, St. Joe's won last year. They won FCX and Class yeah. M last year, and last year's Class M was very, very tough. So, yeah. you know, maybe there's a little equity built up from two years of greatness as opposed to South Windsor, sort of like one and a half years. And I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't like, you know, you, you don't want to predetermine anything, but if, the, if South Windsor wins this bracket, I think they deserve to be number one. I'm fine saying that. Like, okay. like even if St. Joe's runs the table. So. That's fair enough. Maybe we can get them in a you know a, a right like a a game before the Breakettes play or something down at Deluca. Maybe we can, we can settle it on the field, bring them all down there and play at Deluca. <laughs> bring we can have this conversation for every sport to have a stay open between four wins. Yes, that yeah, would be great. But that would be tremendous. Play. Yeah, and again, like you know, they, as much as we're talking up South Windsor again, NFA could easily knock them off, which is why I, which is even adds to their credibility if they somehow make it through this bracket. Yeah, no, it's gonna be tough. I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you on the Final Four. I, I mean. I cannot pick against Cheshire and South Windsor. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, though. though. I'm going to say Cheshire's going to take South Windsor down in the semifinals and get to the state championship game. I, You know, it's really funny. Too, a few years ago when Cheshire did win its state championship, um, they that was a pitching-dominated team. Now it's a hitting-dominated team. I mean, uh, Bree Pearson uh, has been a She's been unflappable. Give her that much. Like yeah. she throw that wild pitch against Amity, comes down, and uh, they get out of that, and then they they backed her up. And so there's been times where she's been great. Last year, their pitcher was Natalie Amano, who who did well, but then they got knocked out. Uh, you know, they got hit around, and they got knocked out last year. Um, yeah, just with 
Mia Giudice, who might be one of the best, you know, one of the best female athletes in the state yep. overall, like this year. If, if if she's not top two, then she's top three. You know, right. I mean, she's up there, uh, and that's just a great team. And they just ride, you know, they just they just seem to be riding some karma now. And yeah, I, I think uh, you're, they're gonna there's gonna be a team that's gonna beat uh, Southwoods. Or I, I say it's gonna be them, and in fact, I'm predicting it's gonna be them. And I like uh, coming out of the uh, the bottom half. I like Trumbull to get back. I haven't seen him that this year. I haven't seen Southington either. But you know what? When it comes down to it, I think Trumbull's just had the. I mean, yeah, I think Southington's played the stronger schedule by far. Yeah. Definitely. So maybe that helps them out. Um, but you know, Jackie Chef is a really good coach, and 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 it's to say something, they only lose to St. Joseph twice. That's it. Yeah. That's your only. That's, that's your only losses. There's something to be said about it. And both one run losses. Yeah. They're just one mistake that they made in, yeah, in they, that. They those think games. both games they had seven, eight, something like that hits in the first game that they lost by two one, I think it was. And then even though they got no hit in the FCI final, they loaded the bases in in the first inning of <laughs> all walks. And just like one, one anything, yeah. I, I, you know, one anything scores two runs there, and then you know, you obviously don't know how the rest of the game goes out. That's kind of a silly thing to say, but like those, that's how close they are to St. Joe's, who everyone else views as yeah. like you know the the top team in the state, obviously. So, you know, that's perfectly reasonable. With that said, and, and I know I picked Cheshire in the, I'm gonna have to go with Trumbull in the <laughs> final. Did you just flip flop? Did I flip flop? I, just... I, I I said Cheshire over South Windsor. Okay. And I say Trumbull over Cheshire in the final, and that will pave the way for St. Joseph being number one to beat Massick. I say yeah, St. Joseph well, yeah. beats Massick. I picked that one, and I pick. Uh, I'm gonna say Trumbull is your class. They got there last year. I feel like they're hungry to do it again this year. I think they're battle tested. They've been here before. I like trumbull to do it even though i've not seen them yet this year that's on me but uh i haven't seen saint joseph actually either. i've seen cheshire plenty that's right. why i think cheshire's just like here they come right you know so that is what we got so let's just quickly recap here we have uh, in the class s who do you have winning the class s uh we both have saint paul we right? both have saint paul winning class s in class m i believe oh geez i can't remember what i picked. i think seymour and you picked Waterford? Yeah, I picked Waterford. Over Griswold. I picked Waterford over Griswold in the final there. What the heck? Uh, and then in M, uh, sorry, in L, we I had St. Joseph. We both had, oh, wait, you had Mass. You say Mass is going to yeah. be St. Joseph in the final. And, of course, in double L, you have South Windsor. I have South Windsor over Southington. I don't, I think it's going to be an all-CCC final. I think. Uh, it's possible. I mean, yeah, it's not like Southington. Like, they're, I had to go back and look, and I wrote this in my note, that They've won 17 games or more in the regular season in every season since 1995. Yeah. That's, like, ridiculous. Like, I can't even, like, I couldn't believe it. But, um, yeah, no, I think these are all be close games. They were all close last year. You know, we've, we just saw in this week's conference tournaments that the one bounce of the ball or whatever is going to go one of these teams' way. So, you know, we're, we're sort of uh, guessing which bounce, which team's going to get that bounce. But I just – last year was a pit, was a hitter's final four – Mm-hmm. And final, and I think this year is going to be a pitcher's final. I think I think Maria Hanchuk and Southwinds are going to win. All right, the <clears throat> that's fair. I, I got no problem with that. So it, usually crazy things happen, and we could end up being both wrong. Yeah, watch like Amity thing. wins the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> again, <laughs> unbelievable. That would be just crazy. So anyway, uh, that is, we're going to call that a podcast. We have our predictions are in. Uh, we're looking forward to a great tournament. Hopefully, it doesn't get all rained out tomorrow, which probably is going to happen. 
but you know we're gonna get these things played it's not like baseball you know the pitchers can go back-to-back days and no big thing um so uh, i'm really looking forward to it thanks for joining us thanks for nick delizia for coming on a little bit in north branford talk a little north branford softball i'm excited for the tournament ryan yeah i'm excited too it should be great i mean it's obviously going to be over in a flash but these you know this should be on and then we'll be on to graduation and then we'll be on to summer it is here finally so anyway that is that's thanks for joining us this has been inside the circle i'm your host sean patrick Bowley for ryan lacy we'll see you next week